This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon as you listen to us on letstalkfaith.com, iHeartRadio, Red Nation Rising. Maybe listen to us maybe on the, the iTunes podcast, Google Play, Stitcher. And maybe you're listening to us on the radio. Thank you for tuning in on AM 570, on AM 910, and later on today on AM 1380 and AM 860. However you're hearing our show today, we do want to say thank you for tuning in. And we hope that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith. And today as we talk about money, that it would cause you to understand a little bit better how the Lord is working in your life. Hey, a special happy birthday greeting today to my incredible wife, Martha. Happy birthday, Martha. Happy she, birthday, Martha. Happy birthday. Let's sing. I don't think so, Dave. I don't think so, Dave. Yeah, but but we gave Martha the day off because it's her birthday. All right. And so here's a question. What does the Bible have to say about money and possessions? A lot. Where do you go to find out about it? Well, the Bible would be a great place to find out about it. I am also prone to go to a great organization called Crown Financial Ministries, where you can find them online at crown.org. But as a Christ follower, why is it important for us to know this stuff? And why is it important that you work with a financial planner that also knows and understands this stuff? Well, hey, here's an idea for you. Why don't you talk with Luke and Dave? Because these are guys that you know really well, Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management. In fact, you can find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. What was that, Dave? Dot com. Dot com. Management.com. All right. That's awesome. Okay. So we're going to talk about what does the Bible have to say about money and possessions? And Luke and Dave, before we get into that today, though, okay, it's Martha's birthday. Uh, I think you guys should share one really nice thing about Martha today. Well, let's all share one really nice thing about Martha today. I'll go first because I don't want you to steal it. <laughs> well, she, she puts up with Jim Brangenberg. I, mean, I wouldn't have steal. I wouldn't have stolen that. That was. You have something good. more clever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's she, about as good as it gets. She's just such a great, young-looking wife. How did you do that? <laughs> I kept giving her right. those young-looking pills. Those are the ones. Stay young forever. Yeah, she's beautiful. She is incredible. I think, you know, one of the greatest things I love about my wife, yes, that she puts up with me and that she can keep, you know, every day, every day I don't see her packing her bags to leave the door. But she loves the Lord and she really wants to support the ministry stuff that I'm involved in. I mean, she really wants to be a partner with me. And She's then got that's, your back. Yeah, she does. And she looks at stuff so differently that really makes life a lot easier. As we work with married couples that are maybe want to work on the marriage a little bit deeper, we both bring in such a unique perspective. So, all right, today on the show, let's really dig deep into what the scriptures have to say about money and possessions. I'm using a lot of the, my guidance from my 1999 workbook from Crown Financial Ministries that I have right here sitting in front of me. This, because it really kind of helps open up things. But what I love best about having this conversation with you guys is that this is stuff you already understand. And when somebody wants a financial advisor, they really need somebody like you. I mean, if a Christ follower listening to the show today, they need guys like you that understand these concepts. But I thought we'd introduce, we're going to have people today listening to this show that these are going to be new concepts. Yeah. So I want to make sure we kind of explode them out a little bit. So Luke 16, 11 says, if therefore you're here, it's that's the King James version, but it says I figured you were going to pull it up on your phone. You always have your phone in your hand anyway when we're on the air. It's true. 
So I, think, I got a lot of people trying to message me. I, I mean, know. Come on, man. Okay, so this is the King James Version. But if therefore you have not been faithful in the use of worldly wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? So what are the true riches, Dave? Ooh, I knew he was going to ask that. How did you know that? <laughs> You're uh, anyway, true riches. There's a, I was just thinking about that. And there's kind of a time value to riches, right? I mean, would you rather have a billion dollars for a week or would you rather have a thousand dollars in the bank for the rest of your life? So my point today. is, <laughs> I'm thinking, thinking a billion a day you might be. that one through, did you? <laughs> You wouldn't want to be for, broke the rest no, of your life, would you? I You'd rather have something in store. Anyway. So so the point Sorry. being... When but you money's throw not in, true riches, though. We're talking about wait, true. What wait, are true wait, riches? Well, that's what I'm getting to. Okay, sorry. Be patient. 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 Sorry. Okay. Patient, patient. It's a virtue. We teach that. Uh, yes. We were talking yeah, exactly. about that on the ride over exactly. We have clients that may not always be patient. Right. So, so anyway... Um, when, when eternity's thrown into it, any riches that we can create or have for eternity outshine wealth, gold, whatever it is on earth that we'll have for 70, 80, 90 years that we live here. So we should be work, looking for those riches that we can store up in heaven where moth and rust does not consume. Any, anything, so, so we're talking crowns of glory that, that, uh, that we will have in heaven. We're talking about laying those at Jesus' feet. Those are true riches. And, and what? But what do they look like? I mean, I think that's really. I mean, I think really people need to understand. A lot of people, as they're very young in their faith, may go, "But wait a minute! But I still have all these other. I, I like having a big house. I like having a big car. But it's that understanding that none of the we don't get to take any of those things with us. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house and a nice big car, unless of course you don't own them and they're killing you financially, which we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But True riches are those relationships, and it's really our relationship with our Heavenly Father. That's the biggest rich, richest right. riches it. that we can get. Well, yeah, that's what, I mean, Dave hit it, right? Eternally, your, your eternal perspective, that's that's really true riches, and I think Dave already covered that. The thing that I was going to relate it to uh, with, with worldly, you know, because we are here for a, an amount of time, you know, whether it's a long period of time or a short period of time. Long lasting, you, you think of the things that are most important to you in your life that you would consider true riches outside of heaven if you're a believer. And a lot of it just, if you, even when you talk to people on their deathbed, they, you know, they tell you it's family, it's family, it's my kids, it's my mom, my dad. You know, those are some long lasting riches that we can actually, um, you know, relate to our eternal father. And going back to scripture, yeah. Jeremiah 9, 23, 24 says, knowing the Lord are, is true riches. Yeah. So, well, Solomon got to the end of Ecclesiastes and said, "Listen, I've had it all. Had I've it had all. it all. all." And when he said he had it all, <laughs> he, he really did have it all. Yeah. That, along with seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines, well, yeah, it, a little too like much that, there. A little, like that, yeah, a little bit of excess. <laughs> kind of like the show that's on uh, on one of these channels I watch called Life Life of the Filth. Is it Filthy Rich or Life of the? I haven't seen that. I was, it's you know, it's stuff that way over the top. These people just have too much money. You know, the, the new thing apparently is, you know, because you can't buy world monuments, you know, like, um, you know, the Eiffel Tower, you can't buy the White House, but you can, they're building replicas and, you know, they're building these world size replicas to say that I have a piece of, you know, world France monument. Or whatever, yeah, right? it, yeah, you know, it's just. That's pretty cool. Well, not really. <laughs> okay, I can Don't see having an extra Eiffel Tower yeah. sitting around, okay, an extra Eiffel Tower, a Statue of Liberty, but the White House? Yeah. 
No. And the, the, the because person what if somebody who doesn't really know American history very well decides that your White House is the one they're going to blow up? <laughs> well, the person that's building the White House, he's building it in Iraq. Oh. Go figure. Interesting. Look it well, up. it's cheaper to build there, probably. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be bugged from one end to the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Mm. But anyway, so that, that but that but that's worldly riches, right? Right. You know, finding your any, all these temporal things in life that provide a, an immediate satisfaction, but once it's done, it leaves that emptiness that we hear about so much in, in Scripture. Well, why do you think the Bible talks so much about money and possessions? I mean, why do you think that that's such a big deal? That's where many people put their faith. And I think that's when it gets wrong, is when you're putting your faith in your possessions, your faith in your money, your faith in your assets, rather than your faith in God. That's, that's God is a jealous God. Yeah. And and um, he he's he has to come first. Well, but what does that look like, Luke? You, yeah. you, you know, you guys don't talk about your clients. They talk about people that you know outside of your clients. But what does it look like when somebody has put when when I mean, yes, I'll ask I'll ask it this way: when somebody has money and possessions as their god, what does that look like? Well, you know, when you when you first ask the question, the thing that that immediately that I started thinking about is um, it may not answer your your question specifically, but. You know, it's kind of like when you're teaching your kids, right? Um, you know, my daughter's driving right now. And, um, you know, so does I'm that teaching freak you her. Out much? Right? It does. It does. I, it, I do get a little tense. I, my palms start sweating. I'm ready to sing the Eminem song. Palms are sweating. Anyway, um, so so what happens is, but the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up because you're teaching them and you better believe she listens to every single thing I say, right? But if I go to try to teach her something about, life or about boyfriends or about giving her a suggestion does she listen not much not much and i so i related this because right said, now she thinks you're stupid I said, right <laughs> i said right and i brought that up. i said right so so what so my point is the bible talks so much about money and possessions is because god knew way beforehand that this was going to be an issue that we were going to run into so he put it so much in his love letter to us through the scriptures to teach us these things right. and that same thing we teach your kids and Jesus spent more time talking about money and possessions than any other subject, including faith and love combined. And it's so important that we understand the hold. And as Christ followers in a workplace, we, have, we are surrounded by people that think that if they just could get more money, it would solve their problems. But we need to understand the proper place for money and possessions in our lives. There is, there are, we are surrounded by people that we work with each and every day who think that the more they have, the happier they'll be. Yet I have worked with people that have maybe not everything, but people that have millions and millions and millions of dollars and they have all kinds of stuff and all kinds of cars and all kinds of boats and all kinds of houses and all kinds of blah, 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 blah. Guess what? They're not happy. No, they're not. They're not happy. I've seen contentment in the Dominican village where people have a couple of pairs of clothes and a metal roof over their head and sort of a door in the front door and no floor except for the dirt. And they were way more content than the people that had millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Money and possessions do not solve your problems. Yet people need to know the only thing that will bring contentment, the only thing that will fill that emptiness inside of them is Jesus. And that's why it's so important that we understand that our workplace is our mission field. Okay, so Luke and Dave, we talked about why do we say, why does the Bible talk about money and possessions so much? We answered it that because, well, Dave, you, just say it again. Pretty well, darn important. Well, it's important, but <laughs> yeah. Dave, what did you say? Well, that, if that's what you're putting your faith in, God, God has to come first. God is number one. He's a jealous God. Uh, if you're not putting him number one, things are not going to go well. 
Okay, I mean, so Dave, you're you've lived a few more years than Luke and I, and we bring that up just about every show, just to make sure you know that. It, it, it is true. Well, that's that. the that is really that's yeah, that, yeah. I figured that was the only excuse to oh, why you no, keep losing no. a racquetball to me. Oh, that's not going to happen anymore. The first two times we played, Dave won one game. The last time, nope, Dave, no, Dave yes. didn't even win one. No, yes, no, I yes, won. Yes. I went three for three the last time we played. See, God. he even blocks it out. You know what? You know how he did it this time. He didn't smack me in the face this last time. <laughs> So I was able to play the whole game with both of my eyes. Big body out of the way. Oh, wow. Wow. He blocks the shot. He knows the kill shot's coming, so he blocks it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) all right. So, you know, people who have accumulated significant assets and have. Are those people content? The people I, I, I know. Well, to, to be honest, I know some on both. Some, okay. some, some that have accumulated money and are content, and some are not, whether they know the Lord or not. Uh, there's there's a lot of people with money that know the Lord and put the Lord first, and and money's down the down the line a little bit where it should be. But it does. T- I mean, have you have you guys met anybody that it's really screwed up their life? I mean, oh, they got a lot man. of money. They got a lot of possessions where it's really just messed up their life. Oh yes, I'm dealing with one right now that uh, that's had equivalent of millions, just hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in income, and uh, now is struggling. I, mean, it, it, I see. You see it. You see people just get lost. They just get lost in it. They even make rap songs about it. It's called "Mo Money, Mo Problems." Mo money, mo, mo money. What Definitely kind of music do you listen to? He's always got mo money, mo problems. Oh, I mean, come on, your audience, someone's gonna know. Well, that. they probably will. I'm just like you. Always, you keep popping up all these hip hop songs. Mo money, mo problems. It's the truth, right? Oh, I agree. It doesn't take a rocket. Hey, listen, we, to figure that you know, out. just a few weeks ago, we had a hip hop no, Christian hip hop star right here in the studio with us. So money doesn't cause problems any more than lack of money. So you're saying money isn't. Is it, yeah, is right. money morally neutral? Yes, yes, I am saying that really? money's morally neutral. God doesn't care if you have money or don't have money. He cares about where you put Him in your life. But He'd rather us not have money and put Him first yes. than to have money yeah, and put I, Him last. Agree, agreed. Okay, all right. Well, I, I think it's important to recognize that because that's, that's one for Jim. I got, no, I got, no, no, that's that's, totally that's not a contradiction. <laughs> that's it. I agree well, with that. Why, why would it be in Scripture so much if if what because, you're saying because is if that's it was the way, not neutral? Because that's the way humans are. Because we tend to put money before God. But I think kind of that point, money. Yeah. I don't know. But let's just go back to that. Maybe money isn't morally neutral. Maybe money was meant to be. I mean, God created commerce. Right. I mean, everything we see above the ground today was in the ground first. I mean, literally. I mean, and I love reminding people of that people see all this stuff above the ground. Where did it come from? From stuff underneath the ground, including the cell phones that we carry in our hands. All this stuff came from under the ground. It really did. Dave's looking at me I, like... I thought it was evolution that cell phones just evolved by themselves. Yes. Imagine <laughs> that. No, it took a creator. <laughs> okay. It did. Okay. So anyway... So anyway, going back to First Chronicles 29 11 says this, and I'm going to read it. This is the way I memorized it back when I took Crown Ministries back in 1999. Uh, Everything in the heavens and the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Riches and honor come from you alone. And you are the ruler of all mankind. Your hand controls power and might. And it is at your discretion that men are made great and given strength. I liked to quote that all the time when you look at politics. Ooh. 
because people say, well, how, what, but that president didn't love Jesus and this president doesn't love Jesus. And how do they get in power? And do I still have to show respect to them? Yes. Well, Paul talks about in Romans all the time, but it says right here in, in first Chronicles that it's at God's discretion that men are made great and Isn't given that strength. Fun? Yeah, that's great. No, it messes your head up. You're like, why would he let a guy, why would he I let know, a guy like right? Hitler? Right. Be in charge. Why would he let a guy like Stalin? Why would he let a you know? We've had several presidents we we wouldn't necessarily agree with. I anything they did or most anything they did during that verse I was memorizing right after he, a certain president and I was like, really, Lord? Because he doesn't pull strings. He gave us free will. Mm-hmm. So I think he allows he allows pretty much everything, but then he uses those things for his own glory, and he uses those things to teach us. If we're if we're learnable, if we're learnable, learnable, he's going to learn you. He's going to learn you. That's what they talk about like that in, in the in northern Michigan. They're going to learn you. They're going to learn us. But what's really cool is when you see a leader that surrounds itself with Christ followers that really wants to really wants to make a difference. I mean, that's encouraging, even if they're not a Christ follower. <laughs> okay. Let's not get into politics. No, we're not getting into politics. Today. Okay, but First Chronicles twenty nine eleven says, Everything in the heavens and the earth is yours, O Lord. But I thought my stuff was my stuff, and God just wanted 10% back. Hey, perspective versus reality, right? Um, Tim Tebow has that Shaken series that he's done, and one of the things that it's he It's all over Right Now Media. Over at Right Now Media, which I love. Um, but one of the things that he says, it's not who you are, it's whose you are. You know, because right, it's for for a believer. If you take the your perspective is no longer in yourself, but it's whose you belong to, and then how you can use your possessions or your your earthly riches to bless God and His kingdom. So it's a perspective versus the reality. You know, the reality is, yeah, you you have some stuff that you're in control of here, but as a believer, keeping perspective and remembering whose you are versus who you are. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you watch it. He's got a lot of more good one-liners, and I don't know if those are his, but if they are, I mean, he's he's gifted anyway. That but if, if series you listen, is he has a some, powerful series. It really is. Four, it's four series, 10, 11, 12 minutes each. You could be done with all four of them. I, I do them separately. My my son loves watching them before we go to bed, and that's when we always do some sort of devotion. He's like, let's do the Tim Tebow thing. I was like, we just saw it again. He's like, I don't get Let's do it again. I'm like, okay, good. Well, when, you, when I'm looking at this, that everything in heavens and earth is yours, O Lord. Most of us operate like 90% of it's ours and 10% of it's God's. Instead of recognizing that we, everything we have is God's. Right. What he, but the reason he asks for 10% back is so we won't put our trust, as Dave said earlier, in the, the 100%. He wants us to get 10% back as, because in his world, 100% minus 10% is still 100%. It's everything we need. And we're going to put our trust in him to fill those gaps. But a lot of us act like this is my stuff. You can't have my stuff. We're not even we're not even citizens in this world. We're citizens of heaven. So why would anything belong to us in this world? It'll belong to us in heaven. Yeah, perspective. Right? Yeah, right, it's, right. You know, but but it is. But how does that perspective impact people? When you start to recognize that it's not all yours, how does that impact? It's freeing, right? What in do you mean? A, in what a do you mean? way. In a way, it's freeing, but on the other hand, it, it's it's a little bit of a uh, little bit of slavery because if I know it's God's, I'm probably going to take better care of it than if it was mine. Right. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it, it belongs to God. You know, you're responsible for these things yeah, as exactly. being a good steward. God wants you to use them for your kingdom. So when you become more kingdom minded 
and you start beginning to use your assets, your time. Time's our most valuable asset, right? I mean, you all, you got you got a dash. That's all the time you get here. So what you're going to do with it, being a good steward of your time, of your finances, of your, you know, your gifts and talents, you know, that's one of the things that I really try to help people see in themselves is it's hard. It's hard for me to see my own gifts, but it's easy for me to spot them in other people. And I try to remind them that, listen, you, that's a gift. You are gifted to do that. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, I can't do that. A lot of other people can't sit there and do what you're doing. You are, God created you for, as a, with, with special gifts to do what you're doing to impact other people. A unique you know, set of gifts, unique, talents, and abilities. That's it. Yeah, Every, love, it's different. It's amazing. It is amazing. But I, I think what's really great for us to understand, and we had a whole show we did about this earlier this year, as we tried to help people understand truly a Christ-centered perspective to financial advising that you guys do at Bel Air Wealth Management. We talked about stewardship. Remember that conversation oh, where yeah. we were just talking yeah. about yeah. Our, our, you know, being a steward means we're taking care of somebody else's possessions, just right. like you described, Dave, that if it's somebody else's stuff, that we're going to take better care of it than if it's just ours. Yes. But right, why is right. that? Because if it's mine, I worked really hard to pay for it. Why wouldn't I take good care of it? Well, I hope you would anyway. But if it's somebody else's, somebody else that you love and respect, and and you know, like the Bible says, he's a taskmaster. So he expects us to take care of it for him. We're not going to let him down, right? I don't want to let him down. No. No. I, I think it's that concept, though, of understanding the stewardship thing. But as you guys, when you guys are working with a client at Bel Air Wealth Management and they understand their role as steward as opposed to their role as owner, how does that change the relationship? Well, like I think I hit on it earlier, you know, it's, there's a freeing sense, you know, it's being in line with God's word. Um, Proverbs 15, 16, uh, better to have little with fear of the Lord than great treasure with inner turmoil. Right, the Book of Proverbs is full of <laughs> That's it. So good, you got to read that one That's again. That's perfect because it describes so many people. Is it so? Proverbs fifteen sixteen. Better to have little with fear of the Lord than great treasure with inner turmoil. I, we've seen people live in that inner turmoil thing. Yeah, and we yeah we just hit on it this morning. All of or you know just hit on it. It's amazing that all these we've talked about these different things and. You have these people with great wealth, and you think, hey, man, just give me a shot. You know, I, I can handle it. But the, at the end of the day, you don't know the inner turmoils of people. Now, you live right around the corner from a very famous baseball player who has 12 air conditioners, 17,000 square feet, a moat. Does he have inner turmoil, or does he really enjoy himself? you got another baseball player in Tampa living on the bay. He's got an eight-foot wall around his place. Does he get inner turmoil? I don't know. How can you really enjoy that? All right. We're talking with Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management about what does the Bible have to say about money? Check these guys out. If you need a financial advisor that understands the biblical pr- principles, the biblical perspective of money, you got to talk to Luke and Dave. Bel Air Wealth Management.com. Very good, Dave. Nice. Okay. Hey, the key to this whole conversation is I want you guys, number one, to really recognize the fact that people all around us are struggling with, what do I do with my money? How come I spend so much time thinking about my money? Why does money cause me so much pain and trouble? And why does my marriage, why do we argue about it so much? And you need to have financial advisors, financial people that will be giving you advice, helping you prepare for your future that understand the biblical perspective on all of this. That's why Luke and Dave are are partners right here with our ministry, because this is huge, huge. It's Huge. That it might be huge. copyrighted or something. It might be. I don't know if you can copyright a word. Hugely. Hugely. <laughs> Bigly. Bigly copyrighted. Okay. All right. So we just got done with the whole thing that God owns everything. Why 
is it so important for Christ followers to work with a financial advisor that understands the fact that we have to have be good stewards of the money that we've been given and that it's all God's? Why is it important that people work with guys like you who understand that? Well, it's mainly, you know, a lot of people really don't understand, you know, they don't understand the concept of it's being 100% God's and you're just the steward of it. And he just expects 10% back. Um, so it's really, it's, it's coming alongside with someone like us. And if you have those type of questions or if you, you know, you're, you're trying to get a grasp of what that looks like, even as you prepare, even if it's, you're just a beginner in investments, or if you're a, a middle stager, or you're a getting into your re- final countdown before your retirement years or going into retirement, you know, what does that look like from a biblical perspective and how can we come alongside of you and help you give God's perspective? Hopefully that's what we do. And that's what we pray, you know? Well, and, and you have to have the same goals and objectives as your advisor. You take the president of the United States, for instance. If if he has goals and objectives, and his advisors are completely going in the other direction, there's no there's no way he's going to accomplish those. No, because he, his advisor will be working the other yeah, direction. Exactly. I mean, so, which is so why he's changed same. some people that were existing yes, because they didn't right. necessarily share the same. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. Anyway. That's right. It's so Careful. easy to get off track. <laughs> only with you guys. Right. Only with you guys. All okay, right. Thanks. So what are the benefits of handling money faithfully? I mean, what's it look like in your lives? When you learn to handle money faithfully, what starts, what's that look like? Well, I mean, I think we, we talked about a little bit in the Proverbs fifteen sixteen is, you know, it's almost the exact opposite of inner, ter- inner turmoil. You know, you're going to have this inner peace. Right. I mean, that's what God's word should be providing us. It's got, you know, if, if you just Google search money Bible, I mean, you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of different passages and, and, and different commentations. You probably, on, have a, you probably have 10 million hits on a Google search. At, at least. So, just ask the Google money and the Bible. <laughs> right. But there, there's a freedom that comes along with it when you're, you know, the, the inner peace that we're talking about, you know, it's. Be anxious about nothing, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that that's what the scripture is talking about. But which part about the money conversation causes people the most stress? When you when you're dealing with people, whether they're old or young, whether they're just getting started saving for retirement, they're phase three, you know, what they get to do where they don't get paid to do it, but they get to do it the rest of their lives. What is it when you're working with the people's through people's financial situations? What is the biggest stressor? About their money. Well, it might be different for you and I. I. I would say, it seems for my clients, you know, a lot of it revolves around control over what markets are doing. Okay. You know, All right. that's that's okay. Control. What, what about for you, Dave? I would say probably one of the biggest things to get over is where they're putting their faith in. So, so, so when they retire, one of their biggest concerns is running out of money or living too long. If they live too long, they may run out of money. Living so, too long. That's living too long, dying too soon, too or getting sick and hurt I mean, along the way. That's what you guys can help people with. Yeah, that's right? What. So so you don't want to outlive your money. So they're, if they put too much faith in their money, that's going to cause stress and angst. So so back to where they're putting their faith. God will take care of them. Uh, and, and if they invest with us, we'll take care of them. I, I Okay. That, those are two interesting perspectives. I hadn't thought about those. I was actually going towards the debt conversation. Because, Luke, you're dealing with people, a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And I know you're dealing with people that are older, but you're dealing with people more in, in your... Earning, earning, earning yeah. years. Yeah, they're still... Probably, they're still yeah. But, and debt really causes people a lot of stress. I mean, well, people that have a lot of debt, 
get have a lot of stress. You're definitely a prisoner to the lender or to the debtor. You know, but our the way our society is, our culture today, you know, it's so different than 2,000 years ago, where you know your your debt would get you thrown in jail back in you know 2000 or you know 30 A.D. or um, you know it, back in biblical times, you, right. you were you'd yep. be thrown in jail. You know, nowadays never understood it. Now you're thrown in jail. How do you pay your debts back? Your family. Ho- has hopefully, to you have friends. Yeah, friends or family. <laughs> right. um, you know, or they they take them and they'd work them until they worked enough hours to overcome the debt. But you know, today you you know you, you need cell phones. I mean, that you want to look at that. That is a debt, okay? Because it's something that you're responsible to pay. And if you don't if you don't believe me, don't pay your bill. All right. If it's not a debt, <laughs> yeah. don't pay your bill. Same with your electric. How long would it last? If, if, Day 32, I have no idea, so you'd have to ask somebody else. Mine's on auto, so it just comes right out. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I get a notification. But the idea behind debt is, you know, debt can be debt can be a good tool, okay? We're not against debt, but there is a smart way to go about it. Blind debt, where you just go into debt blindly and not having a plan, you know, you shouldn't go into debt if you can't really pay it off, right? That's a good advice. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but debt, I mean, should you really go into debt? Culture. But but okay, it's part of, part of culture. But Romans twelve two says, you know, stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world, but and let God transform you by by changing renewing the ver- by renewing your mind and changing the way you think. Is debt something that we just have to be? De- I mean, that's just well, it's part of culture, so we have to have debt. Well, it's, I, mean, it's, I understand unless you can mm-hmm. save, save up several hundred thousand dollars buying a house, right? But this everything is what we're else talking about right. We're not we're looking at debt or or cars. Right, those are like the two things that. Oh, but you can buy cars for cash. You just can't buy brand new cars for cash unless you are extraordinarily wealthy. Hey, we got a caller. We have a caller. Okay, caller. Yes. Oh, Martha. Oh, happy birthday oh, to you. That's right. Happy that's birthday enough. to that's you. Enough. Oh, that's enough. We just want to wish you happy birthday. Thanks for calling into the show. Oh, thank you. You guys are awesome. Well, we just think you're awesome. We bragged about you at the beginning of the show. We told everybody you were on vacation today, but we bragged about you and said how awesome things about you. Dave said the nicest things about you, though. Uh, of course. Well, thank you. <laughs> His I, wife I, must have paid him. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I said I said nice things. I said, you know, it was... Aw, you guys are all so great. Yeah, he said, you put up with me. That was the, the <laughs> nice thing he said. That, that was the nice great, thing? Yeah. That's right. Well, listen, I love you. Happy birthday, baby. Just wanted, you know, we wanted to bring you into the show because we missed having you here. Thanks, guys. You're doing a great job. Love the show. See you later. Bye. And she's your number one fan. She is my number one fan. So not only is she... She likes all of the posts on (laughs) I Work For Him. Yes, that's right. That's... Hey... Speaking of posts, did you know that there's really, there's, there's actually, there's, um, like farms, like farms, farm farms that you can pay people to like you. No, there's like, I, I, there was a a thing on Twitter and it showed all these racks of cell phones plugged into these cords and they're called like farms. So, you know, do you want to get likes? Cause what happens when you get likes and you get fans and you get favorited and all these things is that boost your stuff. There's people that pay these it's actually in china they they pay these chinese companies <laughs> to like it, and it's all these self i couldn't even believe it i was i was absolutely it's like really i gotta look that one up sorry That's crazy go look it up i'll show uh, you uh no it's not that i don't believe you i'm thinking well how can we do that for i work for no i want real likes i don't want that fake stuff okay all right I know, I know. so the bible's got a lot to say about debt proverbs 22 7 says that the rich rule the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender is that really true well, you look at what happened in the correction in 2008. Um, the borrowers absolutely were the losers. 
it's in the Bible, so we don't need to ask if it's true, right? Luke is currently showing me a video of a like farm. It's, it's, called, like it's called a Chinese click farm. They make fake ratings for mobile apps and things like this. Really? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Video. See, when you said like farm, I don't know about you, Dave, but I was picturing Southern Illinois, huge farm fields with big Facebook thumbs ups all <laughs> in the rows. It's hundreds, hundreds of cell phones on these racks plugged in and just people are sitting it's there where they walking down the they just, and oh, that's, okay. no it's not people it's they just have bots they call them bots b-o-t short for robots because that's short such a long for, word short for robots, yeah. okay so how how have you seen that verse lived out that the rich rule the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender that it's is it that, that seeing that that's really true how have you seen that well just in uh you know with bankruptcies, with foreclosures. I've been in real estate and mortgages for a long time, you know, and you just see those things. You, you, the, the unexpected things, the unexpected life events is usually what triggers these major issues. And you realize that you, you, you don't own that. You don't own your car. Again, you don't blame me, quit paying your payment. <laughs> it'll it'll it's disappear. Even, it, it, it's even worse than that in many cases. You don't even own your life. I've, I've known people that wanted to go on the mission field, but, but they had debts to pay off. And so they, so they could not make that decision. Right? No, yeah. I mean, people want to go in, they want to be a pastor of a church right, right. or want to be missionaries. And if, they're, if they've are if they got debt, they can't go. They can't That's one it. of the reasons when Martha and I went through Crown Financial Ministries, we were 33 and we said, Lord, we want to be able to go when you say go. Right. We got to get out of debt. And we said, we'd love to be out of debt by the time we were 40. And the Lord did it. And when he called us to do our work for him, you guys both know it's because we're debt free that we were able to do these last four years, yeah. and which has been cool. Because you, I could never have said yes. You're not 44 though. Not. <laughs> Sorry, I okay. had to throw that out there. I didn't say I was 44. <laughs> well, you're just doing the math all nonchalant. You know, when we were 40, when we were 40, we were debt free. Everybody, I talk about the fact that I'm 50 all the time. I'm like, what are you so bitter uh, about? What do you, you need? Dana, call into the show. He's Straighten him a out. Big birthday coming up. Ooh, you have a big birthday coming up, Luke. Ooh, is the big four zero coming? Oh no, no. <laughs> no. Oh, it's a national past, party. He's past that. Past, past forty. Oh, barely, but barely. I guess, okay. Yeah. All right. So, but is debt? Well, okay. Why is it so important for us as Christ followers to understand the biblical principle of debt? Because we're surrounded by people that we work with who have. Huge credit card debt. They got car debt. They, in fact, they got so much car debt they they get tired of their car, so they buy another car and they roll the 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 how much they're under on the car onto the next car and onto the next car and on the next car, and they're they're bombarded with debt. Why is it important that we understand the biblical perspective on that? Because we don't want to be in that situation, right? We don't want. But how could how does that give us an opportunity to share our faith? Good question. Crickets. We got crickets here today. I mean, I'm thinking that when people get to the end of their rope, that's when they're most receptive to the message of the gospel. And when people get overwhelmed by debt, when they're considering bankruptcy, when they're considering, you know, like some people consider suicide because they can't handle their debts. They can't handle all of the pressure. They've got uh, calls. They're they're getting creditor calls all day long. That kind of pressure is ridiculously hard. And when you get people in that position you get a chance to present the gospel and then also talk about the biblical principles because I believe that when somebody really turns their finances over to the Lord, he will help provide for them to get out of that mess. I've seen it. I've seen it hundreds of times. Well, and that's where they're putting their faith at that point. If if they're that concerned about it, they're putting their faith in the wrong thing. I mean, you're right. They hit bottom. They have to find the Lord. They have to put their faith in the Lord first. 
And if they don't, they end up reaping yes. what they've uh, sown. The yeah. innermost tor- turmoil, you know? So is debt morally neutral? Yes. Okay, tell me why you think that. Well, uh, we talked already about debt for a mortgage or, or perhaps debt for a car. If you go into debt knowing how you're going to get out of debt, how to, how to control your finances, uh, if you're putting your faith in the Lord, um, I think that's what counts. I, th- I think no. When you have the, uh, the ability to pay it back, right, I, I, w- I would say no. But if you, if you, I'm sorry, if you have the ability to pay it back, then I would say yes, it, it could be neutral. But if you do not, then it's not. I, I, I'm thinking debt or anything else, you can't. We, we can be morally corrupt, but, but things can't be morally corrupt, and debt is a thing. But it can be slavery to people. It can and, be but slavery. it's really that mindset, well, I don't really have the money to pay for it today, but I want it today. That kind of debt gets people in trouble all the time. A friend of ours and a supporter of I Work For Him, these two guys from Bel Air Wealth Management, find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. These guys have supported our show, helped keep us on the air, and bring us conversational topics that are practical that... Give us a perspective to be able to share this information with our pre-Christian friends that we work alongside. And when it comes to money and possessions, our friends that we work alongside, they're struggling. They struggle. In fact, right now they're contemplating going on vacation this summer, but they don't have the money for it. So they're like, well, I can always just put it on my credit card and then I'll pay it off. How horrible of an idea is that? And then your tires go out. And yeah, then your right, brakes right. go out. And, and then, then your hot water heater explodes. explodes. That, that's, that, and that's how, that's the snowball. Yeah. And that, that's where you bring godly advisors to come alongside you. We, we can help you make those decisions. And is it smart? And we're a sounding board. Well, and, and really, well, let's finish up the debt discussion and move on to the wise counselors. But what is a great, healthy perspective on debt? Well, I mean, to just, summarize it really quick. Yeah, just that it's, it's when you're... My, my mom is a good example of using debt. I don't. I don't, you know, the only debt I have is I do have a car payment and I have a mortgage. But my mom, you know, she'll have the 0% or she'll have something that gives her points and she enjoys going to Disney for free. So she'll use her Disney credit card and she pays it off every month, right. you know, but she has, you know, so if you are self-employed and your income fluctuates month to month, I would never recommend going out and using your credit cards during in-between months when you have a bad month. Right. So, you know, so if you Because that are, presumes upon tomorrow, which was another Bible verse for that. Exactly. So, you know, so if you're, if you have steady income and you're someone that has the capability to pay it off every single month and you are diligent enough, that's probably another thing, right? right. You have to be committed to it. It can't just be a once a month, or I'll, I'll do it this month and the next month something happens and all of a sudden the last three months you've been putting it off, paying it off and you've got a $2,000 credit card bill and you, you, know, you, don't, you don't make the money to be able to pay that off in one month. There are a lot of programs out there to help you understand the biblical perspective on money. For you and your marriage, you and your kids, just you. Uh, Crown Financial Ministries is one of them. Uh, I'm going to forget the other ones, but there are, uh, Ron Blue's got one out there. I can't think of the other names. Jose, if you can think of any, you can bring them up to me. I'm just thinking there. I can't think of what they are. But there's lots of different. Dave Ramsey's one of them. Is is a little light on the Bible stuff, but very practical and getting out of debt. But it's really good. But it all comes down to the wise counselors. Every one of us needs wise counselors in our lives to help us make decisions when we can't see the forest for the trees. Dave. Yes. Very good. As long as David agrees, we're good. Proverbs 12.15 says, listen. That's right. There you go. Have a good day. Proverbs 12.15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. We've all met people like that. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. If you are working alongside somebody who thinks they're right because they're listening to themselves, then they're a fool. They're annoying. 
And they're annoying. Well, okay, that may, that's beside the point. When you guys were growing up, did you have people helping you with wise counsel to make good decisions? Did yes. you guys have somebody in your life? Who'd you have? Yeah, Who'd you have Luke? My parents, I would say, were wise and gave wise, wise counsel. Did you listen? Well, that, that's what I was getting at. No. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, I but mean, did you have anybody in your life you listened to that wasn't your parents? Yeah, I mean, when, when, when I found someone in my life that maybe had something that I didn't have, you know, that, that's when you really start to listen, you know, because, if, you know, my parents didn't exactly have what I had growing up that what I thought was going to, you know, have basically all worldly, you know, culture, you know, you want this, you want that, you want a big, you know, you want all these things. And your parents are like, listen, those, they already knew. Those aren't the things that bring you happiness. Those mm. are the things that are going to cause you to go crazy. They're, they're going to give you inner turmoil. But I was like, no, give me a shot. Trust me. I yeah. can handle it. Yeah, that's right. I can handle it. Yeah, Dave, like, what about you? Did you have somebody helping you with wise counsel as you're making those big decisions right at the beginning of your marriage? Or I would say the same thing. The, the parents were wise counsel, but not so much on what to do with money. They, they, their counsel was, hey, work. Work hard, work work while you can because you don't know what tomorrow brings. So so their their big thing was uh, work and and don't stop. And so I'm still working. Colossians three twenty three. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's it. Do work your work hard. heartily. Yeah. Whatever you do. But it is surrounding ourselves with wise counselor, wise counselors. But now there's a lot of people that don't have parents that are accessible to them, or their parents aren't making wise decisions. But within your church, there are people that can help you with these things. Get. Wise people, those are typically going to be older than you, but get people who have nothing to gain from the advice that they give you and have them invest in your lives and and make sure, hey, when I have tough questions, can I ask you these? Get people like that in your life. You know, because there's there's a great example of somebody in the Bible really quick that had the opportunity to make a really good decision, but didn't listen to the old people in his life, listen to the young people. Rehoboam. That's, he's the reason. He blew the deal. He's the reason why the, 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 you know, the the 12 tribes of Israel, they broke up into two different kingdoms. Yeah, because he, he thought his old people friends, he didn't listen to them, he listened to his young friends. Yeah, those All were right. his dad's people. He uh, had his own friends. We're at, but yet there's a great example of Moses listening to his father-in-law, Jethro, and we've got our judicial system today is is patterned after what Jethro told Moses. I mean, it's incredible. Luke and Dave from Bel Air Wealth Management, we're done. Sorry, we got we were out of time. Love you. Thank you, Jim. Happy birthday, Martha. Happy birthday, Martha. Hey, you guys want to find out more about Luke and Dave, check them out online at belairwealthmanagement.com. Really, check them out. These guys are awesome. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. And you know what? We've all figured out that our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him.